What up, everybody? It's your boy Joshua Edwards live from, I'm actually live from my very own bedroom, man. Um, the reason why I'm not live from my parents' kitchen is because my little cousin's right now doing virtual school. Uh, everybody knows how that's going, especially with the COVID cases and everything. But, so this episode, it may sound a little different. I'm going to label this twenty episode 24.5 because it is my birthday coming up on Monday, November 23rd. Uh, I turned 25, big 2-5. Me and my fiance are actually flying out to Vegas on Tuesday. So I'm really excited about that. But without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into episode 24.5 of Joshua's Proximity. So I have a lot that I want to talk to you about today. As most of you know, last night, November 18, 2020, the NBA draft actually went down. And I don't want to admit it, but on the low... I have been a Charlotte Hornet, Charlotte Bobcat fan for the longest. I was a fan when we drafted Adam Morrison. I was a fan when we had Sean May. I was a fan when we had Raymond Felton. I was a fan. I was a fan through it all. I was a fan even when we draft, drafted Kimmel Walker and, and so on and so forth. But last night, the home team, Charlotte, we drafted LaMelo Ball. Now, I... I have been on record stating to my homeboys, to several people, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, that Lonzo Ball is a bust. I still believe that. When he came out, Triple B's, I called him Big Bust Boy. <laughs> um, I was just at his neck from day one. And I, I really, the reason why I feel like I was at his neck is because his father. But we got to give some LeVar Ball some credit, man. The way that he has branded himself the way that he has branded his kids, the way that he spoke into existence how his youngest son was going to be, I mean, he said he wanted, he was going to be the, the number one overall draft, but the way that he spoke into existence that his son would actually get drafted in the NBA shows just how much the power of the tongue, um, you know, I ain't trying to get a little, you know, too scriptural or whatever for you, but just shows how much words have meaning and how words can actually project your future, man. So just a little side note, man, if anybody is going through something, if you need an extra little motivation, just start speaking positivity into the atmosphere. Just start speaking what you want from life into the atmosphere and watch God bring it to fruition. Just a little side note. Now, LaMelo Bar, LaMelo Ball, excuse me, is playing for my Charlotte Hornets and everything, and I hope he is everything that is advertised. I hope he's way better than his bum brother, Lonzo Ball. Now, granted, Lonzo has been in the league, what, three or four years now. But I hope that he's light years better than his brother. We all know that LaMelo can score the ball better than Lonzo Ball. We all we all can agree that. But if LaMelo Ball comes out this first year and has a performance like Lonzo Ball did his first year, man, my La- <laughs> not my Lakers, but my Hornets are going to be in trouble, man. If he comes out and plays like his bum brother did that first year, oh, my God, we're going to be in for a long season, man. Now, granted, he's only 18. He's still a kid. He's still learning basketball at the highest level, not a professional level like overseas. This right here, the NBA, is the best of the best. You're going to be getting LeBron James on a nightly basis. You're going to be getting the Kevin Durant's, the Kyrie Irvins, the Chris Pauls, the Stephen Curry's. If he can come out and have a better year than his brother did at first year, 
I think that the, as a Hornets fan, we're in great shape, man. So I love the move that we made selecting LaMelo Ball, but this draft, it really wasn't deep. Anybody could have went first. You know, you had Anthony Edwards. Edwards obviously runs in the family. But you had Anthony Edwards go number one to Minnesota, and then you had that center. What's his name? I can't think of his name. James Wiseman go to the Warriors, and then you had LaMelo Ball going third. So any the draft is really not a good draft. It's just a lot. It could have been a lot of gems that was discovered during March Madness, but obviously because of COVID, that got canceled. Um, but I like the move that we made. I believe LaMelo Ball is box office like his brother was coming out. <laughs> when have you ever seen a summer league sold out? And, you know, that was because of Lonzo Ball and Le- LeVar Ball. So we got to give some credit to LeVar Ball, LaMelo Ball. Really hope you do your thing. But that's not all of the NBA I want to talk about. What do you guys think about the Chris Paul trade to the Suns? I like the move. You're going to have a, a pure point, point guard riding shotgun with Devin Booker, who can lead the league in scoring. He can go off at any time. I believe that the Suns right now, they'll probably be about the sixth or seventh seed in the West. So I really love this the Suns trading for Chris Paul. Even though I had to give up a couple stuff, but at the end of the day, it's Chris Paul. Chris Paul is a first ballot Hall of Famer. So I really love the move. The Bucks got Bogdan Bogdanovich, but I was reading some reports last night, and it, and Bogdan don't want to go to <laughs> he don't want to go to the Bucks. Now, for whatever reason, I think it's it has something to do with tampering, but he doesn't want to go there. The Bucks, I still don't believe that they won this trade. They gave up Eric Bledsoe. They gave up George Hill. And they gave up three first-rounders to get Drew Holiday. So are you telling me Drew Holiday is better than Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and three first-rounders combined? You're telling me that he weighs the same as Anthony Davis. Come on, man. Drew Holiday, yes, he can score. But he is he anywhere the defender as Eric Bledsoe? Like, what are we talking about? They give up DiVincenzo. Like, what are the Bucks doing? I believe that DiVincenzo was actually a really good six-man. And if you really if you really wanted to be honest, man, you can answer him to the starting lineup. Dante DiVincenzo is a baller. So, you know, for the Bucks to send away DiVincenzo, Eric Bledsoe, three first-rounders, George Hill, and the only two players you get back is Drew Holiday and Bogdan Bogdanovich. And even Bogdan, he doesn't want to play for the Bucks. Like, did they really win that trade? Did they get better? How much better did they get? How much better can you get? Best record in the NBA. Number one overall seed in the entire NBA. Like, how much better did they get adding Drew Holiday? To me, it just leaves my head scratching, man. I believe that they needed some more shooters around Giannis. But we all know who Giannis is. He's going to fold in the playoffs. That's why I've been calling him... He's just not that guy. I've been saying that throughout. You can go check my old episodes. I still don't believe Giannis is that guy. The Bucks to me, didn't get better. They actually, you could argue that they got worse. I don't like this move. Um, hopefully, Giannis can stay around in Milwaukee, but let's be real. They lost in the second round to the Heat. They didn't get better. Now, let me switch gears, man, because a lot of y'all about to hate me for these next couple segments right now. So tonight, it's an important game between the Arizona Cardinals, Thursday night football. 
Arizona Cardinals versus the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Now, I believe this game will determine, one, the, the winner of the NFC West, two, who finishes higher in the MVP voting between Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. This game has a lot of pressure on it. This, this can determine, obviously, playoff, where you're playing at. If one team becomes a wild card team, if one team wins the division, like this game is huge tonight. And tonight I got to go with the Seattle Seahawks. Obviously, their defense is atrocious. They can't stop anybody. They can't stop the pass. Every quarterback that goes up against them can automatically walk in and expect, yeah, I'm going to throw for 300 yards today. But in the first matchup, Seattle didn't have Jamal Adams and they didn't have Carlos Dunlap. So I believe those two key players alone will change the dynamic of the game. They're going to have Jamal Adams down in the box. So a lot of that zone read that Kyler Murray has, it's not going down like people are thinking. And Carlos Dunlap, I believe that he'll get enough pressure to force Kyler Murray to make some bad decisions. So I got the Seahawks tonight, 31-24. That is my prediction for tonight's game, Seattle. 31-24. But let me go ahead and tell you about two teams throughout the entirety of this season that has always been on my top 10 teams that didn't make the cut this week. Now, a lot of you are going to kill me, but I believe that the Green Bay Packers are not a top 10 team. Joshua, how are they not a top 10 team? They got two losses. What are you talking about? Well, when you actually watch the games, what's a couple things that we know about Green Bay? One, they are soft. They do not like to get hit in the mouth. That's the first thing. Two, they are very good front runners. Now, when you have the Green Bay Packers down and you can effectively run the football, oh, man, you might as well just go ahead and hang up the cleats because they're not coming back. If you look at the game against the Bucks, 38-10, to 10, they got dominated on Every facet of the game. Yeah, they went up, what, seven to nothing. But after Aaron Rodgers threw that pick six, they didn't look the same. The Bucs could run the ball whenever they wanted. They could throw the ball wherever they wanted. Their defense is suspect. Let's, let's go look at the loss to the Vikings. Come on now. They don't like, they do not like to be hit in the mouth. Dalvin Cook had a career day against them. Running the football. Catching screens, 50 yards, touchdown. Like, what are we talking about? And this was in Green Bay. It's not like we're, they was in Minnesota. They was in Green Bay getting dominated at home. Come on now. And even if you look at the, the 49ers game, now this is what I really believe. If the San Francisco 49ers were healthy, they would have did exactly what they did last year in the NFC Championship game. They would have did exactly what they did last year and the other meeting that they had before the NFC Championship game. The Green Bay Packers are softies. There is no way around it. They can't stop the run. They're not a physical football team. Yes, they do have a top five, top ten quarterback. But their team as a whole, it's not a top ten team. Forget what the record says. What does your eye test tell you? Go look last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. 24 to 20. Now, if the Jags had Garner Minshew, come on now. They was running the rock. James Robinson was having a career day. (laughs) 
the Green Bay Packers, to me, I don't believe that they're a top 10 team, man. If you just throw in the tape and you watch it, they're not a physical football team. They don't like to get hit in the mouth. Even in the game against the Saints, like, can we say if the, the Saints weren't effectively running the football, they wouldn't have won that game? Yes, I I do believe that the Green Bay Packers have a top five receiver. They have a top top five, top ten quarterback in the National Football League, but they are not a top ten team in the NFL. Two things can be true, and you'll learn that a lot with me. Now, the second team is the Baltimore Ravens. Now, nobody should disagree with this. We know what the Ravens are. They are a run-heavy team. Yes, they can get after the quarterback. Yes, their defense is amazing. But what about when they have to play from behind? Are they really that good? What are we talking about? Are we talking about a team that's going to front run? Oh, yeah, man, look, we got this big lead. Let's pour it on them. Or we're talking about a team that can't come back. Now, yes, the weather in New England on Sunday night football, it wasn't the most ideal weather conditions. But come on, man. They can't throw the football. They don't have a receiver that can get open. They signed Des Bryant, but he's not even, he wasn't even activated on Sunday. He was tweeting from the couch. Like, what? Come on, man. The Ravens are not a good football team. Oh, let me not say that. They are a good, well-coached defensive football team, but their offense struggles. Lamar struggles. He cannot throw the football like we need him to. In this, in this day and age, as a quarterback, you have to have the ability, one, to be mobile, and you have to have the ability to throw the football down the field. And Lamar Jackson right now, obviously he's mobile, but he can't throw the football down the field. They cannot come from behind and win. Anytime that you go up 10 points against the Ravens, just go ahead, seal up your bags, pack your bags, whatever you want to do, go home because the Ravens aren't coming back to win this game. If you look against the Steelers, an L. If you look against the Chiefs, a L. The Patriots, L. Now, the Patriots, I believe that they can still make the playoffs, but the Steelers and the Chiefs, we're talking about the cream of the crop, and they got waxed by the Chiefs. Like, what are we talking about, man? The Ravens. Ravens and Green Bay, they are not a top 10 team in the National Football League. Well, since we're talking about top 10 teams in the National Football League, I might as well go ahead and drop my top 10 teams, right? So at number 10, Joshua's proximity hierarchy, number 10, I got the Las Vegas Raiders. When you look at this team, they're well-built. They can run the football. Defense is physical. Quarterback play is a little iffy at times, but Raiders number 10, number 9, I got the Rams. Now, I got a lot of question marks surrounding them. Jared Goff, I, I got him on my fantasy team, man, and I don't believe he's the guy. I don't believe that he's the guy for the Rams going forward. So I got the Rams at number nine. Number eight, I got the Seattle Seahawks. Now, their defense is abysmal. How do I have the Seahawks above the Rams and the Rams just beat the Seahawks? Because of the quarterback play. Russell Wilson is a far better quarterback than Jared Goff. He's light years better than uh, the Rams. So on that aspect alone, I got to put the Seahawks at number eight. Number seven, I got to go with the Buffalo Bills. Great defensive football team. Josh Allen is an MVP candidate. They can throw the football all over the yard. I believe the addition of Stephon Diggs is paying dividends. Um, You just look at their offense and what it looks like. Looks like two different faces from last, two different coins 
from last year to this year. So Bills at number seven. Number six, I got the Arizona Cardinals. Now this, I would I would circle the Arizona Cardinals at number six because they almost they really should have lost the game against the Bills if it wasn't for DeAndre Hopkins being a phenom and for Kyler Murray delivering the perfect ball. But the reason why I would circle around the Cardinals because tonight on Thursday Night Football, we can either learn a lot about them or we can still have a lot more question marks about the Arizona Cardinals. So I got the Cardinals at number six. Number five, I got to go with the Miami Dolphins. They inserted Tua Tugavailoa into the starting lineup, and they're undefeated with them. Now, granted, he hasn't been asked to throw for 300 yards. He hasn't been asked to throw for 400 yards. But he's managing the game very well. He's making all the right reads. Against the Lions, he had maybe – I don't know if they played the Lions last week. Whoever they played last week, he almost made one more – one crucial mistake. But other than that, Tua's been balling. Their defense – I got them on my fantasy team. I know I'm talking about fantasy a lot, but they can – they can shut out anybody. The Dolphins are playing great football. Um, Brian Flores is a great coach. This is why we need more black coaches, head coaches in the National Football League because of the way that the Miami Dolphins are playing. So Dolphins number five. and number four, I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, when you look at what they did to my, my, my favorite team, the Carolina Panthers, they can do it on all facets of the ball. Their defense is fast. They're yeah, the corners take a lot of risk. Their secondary takes a lot of gambles and stuff. But their linebacker linebacker core is as fast as Thomas Davis and Luke Keekley back in their prom. Their defense can get after you. The addition of Antonio Brown is paying dividends. He is still elite. I don't know if anybody has any questions about his game, but Antonio Brown is still a top 10, top 5 receiver. And you're going to start to see it more and more as the weeks go by. But I got the Bucks number four. Number three, I had the New Orleans Saints. Now, they might drop because of Drew Brees. He's injured. And I didn't like what I what I saw out of Jameis Winston this past Sunday when he was inserted into the lineup after Drew got hurt. Uh, it was definitely head-scratching because he was real flimsy with the football, real careless with the football, throwing across his body. Still making the same boneheaded mistakes that he was making in Tampa Bay. So I believe in order for the Saints to continue to to keep this top three spot in my hierarchy, they got to continue to feed Alvin Kamara. They got to start involving Mike Thomas a little more and see where it goes from there. Saints number three. Number two, I still got the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, the reason why they haven't jumped to number one is because their offense, man. Big Ben, he's going to put the ball in harm's way. He's been do, he's been doing a great job of managing the game, but he still from time to time gets careless with the football. Their running game has disappeared. I don't know what has happened to James Conner, uh, but they, they need to have a aberration. He needs to get back involved into the lineup. He needs to touch the ball 20 to 25 times, get him going again. So I got to steal his number two. And number one, undoubtedly, <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs. They didn't play they didn't play last week, but they're still the best team in the National Football League. They have the MVP front runner and Pat Mahone boy. They got the best tight end in the game. They got the fastest receiver in the game. And they got two 
twin head towers in in the backfield with Le'Veon Bell and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And their defense is playing good football too. So I got to go with the Chiefs at number one. So 10 Raiders, 9 Rams, 8 the Seahawks, 7 Bills, 6 Cardinals, 5 the Dolphins, 4 the Bucks, 3 the Saints, 2 the Steelers, and 1 the Chiefs. So to close out episode 24.5 of Joshua's Proximity, you know I got to go ahead and give you my matchups for this week. Cardinals versus the Seahawks. I got the Seahawks winning a nail-biter, real close game. Steelers versus the Jags. Hey, I believe the Jags are going to play a, a real tight game, but obviously the Steelers are going to win. Lions versus the Panthers. Uh, I'm not sure if Teddy Bridgewater is going to be healthy. So this has the Lions written all over it, but I'm going for the home team. We got to go for my Panthers. The Pats versus the Texans. The Patriots. Hey, I believe they back on track. They done won two straight. They got a little swagger back. They beat the Ravens. Obviously, the Patriots are going to go into Houston and dominate the Texans. The Titans versus the Ravens. Mm. Now, this is going to be one of the games of the week. I got to go with the, the Tennessee Titans, man, for everything that I stated before. If the Titans can go and throw the football on the Ravens and they can run the rock behind Derrick Henry, it's going to be a long day for the Baltimore Ravens. So I got to go with the Titans. Eagles versus the Browns. The Eagles are really, really bad. So I got to go with the Browns. The Browns, they got Chubb back. He looked great last week. Got to go with the Browns. Falcons versus the Saints. It's in New Orleans. Drew Brees won't be playing. I think Jameis Winston will put push the ball down the field, but I also believe that he'll make a lot of turnovers. If they do not get Alvin Kamara involved, with that, with that being said, I got to go with the Falcons in this game. The Bengals versus the Washington football team. The Bengals, uh, Joe Burrow is still making his case for Offensive Rookie of the Year. The Washington football team, their pass rush is really, really good. But I got to go with the Bengals on this game. The Jets versus the Chargers. The Jets might get their first win. If they get their first win, I believe Anthony Lynn is going to be fired. So with that being stated, I got to go with the Chargers. Dolphins versus the Broncos. Dolphins easy. Don't really need to say too much about that. The Cowboys versus the Vikings. It's going to be an interesting game. Um, But I believe Andy Dalton's coming back. The Cowboys are actually off of a bye week. The Vikings, they play Monday night. So with that being stated, I got to go with the Cowboys over the Vikings. The Packers versus the Colts. Now, like I stated also earlier in this episode, the Green Bay Packers, if they cannot stop the run, the Colts will win this game. With that being said, the Colts' quarterback play is so bad, I got to go with Green Bay in this game. The Chiefs versus the Raiders. Now, the Chiefs, they looking for revenge. The Raiders came, came into their house, handed them an L, took a victory lap in the bus, so I got to go with the Chiefs winning big, winning at least by 13-plus, running the score up. The Rams versus the Bucks. Woo, this is going to be a good game. Now, I believe Jared Goff, like I stated earlier, quarterback play is an issue. So with that being said, I got to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that Monday night football game. So with that being said, it's my birthday coming up. You guys will hear from me shortly. Me and my fiance will actually hopefully be doing an episode, episode 25, on my birthday if if possible. 
But um, just a little side note, man. Can you keep my grandmother in, in you guys' prayers? Uh, she hit her head and everything. So she, I think she had like a little mild stroke. My godson's father is in the hospital right now with COVID. So just continue just to keep him in your prayers as well. And it's my birthday, so, you know, just go ahead and wish me a happy birthday early or whatever, whatever you want to do. But with that being said, that's in that's the end of episode 24.5. Thank you.